Hi, this is Brian Polio, CEO and Chief Economist of ITR Economics. Thank you for joining us for last week's YPO Black Swan webinar. Uh, as promised, we were, because we were not able to get to all of your questions, uh, we're going to answer them now. And uh, this way, everybody can hear them rather than my typing them out to uh, just one or two individuals. So the first question is, is the CARES Act strong enough to bridge the gap for the majority of small businesses in the U.S.? Uh, no, um, it's not strong enough to bridge the gap for the majority of them. And uh, we can already tell that because the, the fund has run out of money once um, and not even close to the majority of businesses has got a chance to apply. Uh, so it's not enough for the majority. Will it do what it's supposed to do or will it not be enough? Well, if they're talking about now coming out with another $300, $350 billion or something like that uh, to replenish the fund. Uh, that'll make, uh, if it all goes towards it, and I'm not sure that it is going to uh, because there's compromises going on, but let's say that it all goes towards it. That'd be about you know, $700 billion. Um, but even that, if, if what you're trying to do is make sure that everybody is going to get a check uh, in the second quarter without fail. Uh, no, I mean, the payroll is bigger than that for small businesses. The assumption is not everybody is going to have to draw down the check. Uh, I, I struggle with this question because is it going to do what it's supposed to do? Uh, and I said no, because it's not going to cover all the payrolls. But on the other hand, it's yes, because if you're trying to teach people to uh, turn to the government when things get rough and uh, expect the government to bail you out, then it's going to accomplish exactly what uh, it's intended to do. So it all depends on your expectations in terms of intent. Are there particular companies or industries who stand out uh, as surprising winners in this downturn? No, I don't know that we've had any surprises. You'd expect... Uh, the credit counseling and debt collection people just got uh, a bit of a blow by all the bailout activity that is going on. No, not as winners. Uh, there's been um, some surprises on the downside, and that's been primarily because of the oil pricing debacle. But in terms of uh, the COVID, no, I can't say that we have found any uh, surprising winners uh, in that regard. Sorry. Will this event plus the tariffs dramatically change the dependency on China for manufacturing? Will manufacturing shift to Mexico and other parts of the world, even if not the lowest cost? I try to avoid the word dramatically because I'm not sure exactly what that means, but uh, clearly uh, this is likely to shift the, the movement in the nearshoring or onshoring phenomena. In fact, the survey showed that uh, whereas before COVID, 66% of uh, businesses were saying no, it's not possible for them to significantly change their supply chain away from China. Now, only 44% of them say that they intend to uh, remain uh, fully wedded to China. So we've seen a significant shift in perception, expectations. And um, it's not always going to go to the low-cost uh, country. It is going to go to Mexico. Some may go to Canada. A lot of it's going to come back here to the U.S., we have the capacity, uh, we have the technology in terms of automation, and it's going to take time to spool it up, but uh, this is going to be one of the positive unintended consequences of all this, I think. Uh, next question is, where do you expect to see bankruptcies? 
uh, in the oil industry is my primary concern at the moment. And then uh, it would be uh, mom and pop uh, restaurants, small uh, bars, uh, really the, the cornerstone of our neighborhoods. Uh, those are the folks that I'm most worried about. They tend to be undercapitalized. So wherever you see liquidity not being especially deep beforehand, uh, they're in for a world of hurt. Uh, airlines, oil and gas, like it's oil and gas, yes. Cruise lines, yes. Hotels, yes. Banks, no. Banks are not going to be filing bankruptcies. Automakers, no, I suspect they're going to get a bailout, uh, so we won't be seeing them actually file bankruptcies. Um, and the airlines filing bankruptcy, I think there's enough goody money in the CARES Act that they won't be. But then again, they've always amazed me with their ability to uh, mismanage situations. So it's entirely possible that they would. Um, what is the impact, if any, do we anticipate from the upcoming presidential election in November? Depends on who wins. Uh, yeah, it does depend on who wins. Um, there's a lot of interesting chatter about how this is going to play out in terms of President Trump's reelection uh, probabilities. And I think that's legitimate fodder. Uh, whereas before all this, I thought he was pretty much a lock for another four years. I'm not nearly as sure that it's a lock anymore for another four years. And on the other side of this, um, to a certain extent, it depends on who wins. Even under a Republican administration, we've seen uh, the Congress and this president perfectly willing to um, come to the rescue of the economy. And as I mentioned before, that's when the unintended consequences in terms of the shifting culture. The next president could certainly move that along even further if it wasn't uh, President Trump. Um, but I'm more interested in who wins the Congress and the Senate in terms of how much money is going to be spent. Do we anticipate higher rates of inflation? Yes, but not in the near term. Uh, there's enough slack capacity now because of all this that uh, any return to inflation is going to be minimal for a couple of years. On the other side of 2024, I think we're going to see more inflation than we otherwise were going to see because of the creation of all this fiat currency and the uh, ballooning of the deficit. Uh, it's just free money, folks. And unless they stop that up, that tends to be inflationary. And is there a risk of another reserve currency? No, I don't think so. And the reason I say that is because the world still is betting on the US, the US dollar. Um, you're not gonna bet on China. China's in worse shape than we are. You're not gonna bet on Europe because their demographics and their growth rates are slower than ours. So I think we're gonna remain the world's uh, favored reserve currency. We're not the only world reserve currency, but we'll likely to remain the world's favored one. And I think, Adding to what I just said is the fact that we are an oil producing powerhouse when prices get back up into sane levels. And that solidifies our position as a world, as the chosen or preferred world reserve currency. Thank you. Those are the questions that you uh, submitted. Thank you again for attending our, our webinar. We look forward to doing it again with you in May. Uh, feel free to line up some questions beforehand, but if it's not, if it's something that uh, we say during the webinar that stimulates the questions, we're going to have another one of these trends talks to answer those questions for you after the May webinar. 
Thanks again. This is Brian Bolio representing all of ITR Economics, and you've been listening to Trends Talk.